Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Remy Battery, family owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee, along with Escanaba and Houghton, Michigan. Let's start something, RemyBattery.com. By Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford, HuntworthGear.com. And by Flow International Utility and Recreational Trailers, where the rubber meets the road, F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, Kurt Welke returns to tell us more about his recent trip down the Mississippi River. Guide Brad Bowen talks fall muskies on the Flambeau River, and Remy Battery President Mike Miller offers advice for winter battery storage. It's time now for Madison Outdoors. It's presented each week by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's leading Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They are located on Highway 14, a little ways west of Arena, and on the web at pappastradingpost.com. You hear this feature every week at this time on WTSO, the Big 1070, and on our podcast, wherever you get your podcast, on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, and other locations as well. And joining us once again from the Trading Post is J.C. Chamberlain. J.C., welcome back. Yeah, good to be back. Well, it's been pretty warm. Things are cooling off a little bit, a little rain this week. Uh, are deer moving much now? Uh, I mean, with the warmer weather, I think things have quieted down. Um, but the rain really should help things, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like anything else. You get a little change in things, and everybody gets a little... Wants to get up, move around a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you? What are you hearing from customers who've been out? Uh, it's actually, at least up to this point, has been a little bit slower. Um, I mean, early on, I would say, like that second weekend around the twenty fourth of September, we heard of some real good deer getting killed, um, and and quite a few guys seeing a lot of movement. Um, as of late year, it's been a little bit quieter, but. Things should definitely be picking up here in the next week or so. Um, you know, as we get closer and closer to that, you know, really pre-rut and rut. So. Okay. Well, that um, weekend you mentioned in September was also just after a full moon, so that might have had an effect too. Yeah, and it's it's funny. Like I know um, I've actually had some pretty good luck hunting, you know, on or right around the full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, with whitetails, elk would be a different story, but um, but usually right around that time is actually always been pretty good for me. Um, you know, typically I might see deer move a little bit later in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a morning hunt, they might not be you know right at daybreak or that first hour or two, but you know you get to that third, fourth hour in the morning, and it seems like that's when I'm seeing them. Uh, you know, even late in the evenings and stuff, typically would be you know, closer to that dark time um, than you might see normally, but uh, still usually pretty good movement. Okay. Uh, Well, what advice have you got for folks now uh, as we are in mid-October and heading toward the pre-rut, I guess is what most people call it? Yeah, I mean, now um, I would still say keep an eye on the food sources. Uh, That stuff is changing daily uh, with crops coming out and stuff. Uh, it seems like if you get a field, whether it's corn or beans, it gets cut. Um, usually more so corn this time of year, but they will hit that 
very quickly. Um, and then it usually seems like you get a few days where they hit it pretty hard and then they kind of start to peter out a little bit on it. Um, that would be one thing uh, with the warmer weather, water holes um, are still a really good good option. Um, but we're definitely, with that rut starting to kick in, or pre-rut, uh, you should start seeing those bucks cruising here in the next week and a half. Uh, a little bit more making scrapes. Um, they should start getting a little bit more active. Uh-huh. Okay. Have you been hunting much? I I haven't been out much here. Um, I actually took my daughter out uh, for the Sunday um, hunt there for youth. Um, she shot her first deer. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. So that was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> she got super excited, so... Uh, it was it was quite an experience, that's for sure. Yeah, well, tell us a little more about it. Uh, well, we it's kind of funny. She's got a horseshoe, I think. Um, so she's been pretty lucky with turkeys and other things. And uh, deer hunting there, we actually sat somewhere in the blind, probably quarter to four. Um, and we sat almost till that last uh, about five minutes, the shooting light, before we finally had a deer come out. And, got things straightened around. She actually was really calm. I was packing some stuff up thinking that we were pretty much done for the evening and she's like, Dad, deer in the field. Ah. And it's like, oh, so I looked up and we made sure everything was good and she could see well enough and all she needed was the word go and she was good in uh, one shot and actually dropped her right in her tracks. So. Wonderful, yeah. Wow. Well, that, that had to be... Uh just exciting for her and very rewarding for you because I know she's joined you on a lot of hunts, a lot of turkey hunts, and she's actually been a good luck charm. Oh, absolutely, especially, like I said, turkey. And that was funny because we weren't in the blind probably 20 minutes, half hour last night, and we had 21 turkeys come out of the field. <laughs> <laughs> they went by like two or three times, and it's just like kind of funny and she was really, you know, starting to get a little bit down that she wasn't going to get a chance to shoot a, shoot a deer on the first sit, but uh, she she got it done. So wonderful, very very exciting, and you know, kind of one of those firsts that you don't don't get to relive. So absolutely, well, she'll remember it forever, and I'm sure you will as well because that's a great sharing experience for father and daughter. Oh, absolutely. So you, they, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just they can't really can't wait to get her out again. So. Yeah, well, now that she's got one under her belt, maybe she'll uh, shoot a buck during the regular rifle season. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you mentioned elk earlier, and I know you went out west for an elk hunt, and I know it didn't end the way you had hoped. Tell us about that hunt. Uh, well, it, you know, it's hunting. Um, we just when we get out there, it was really warm. Uh, super dry yet. Uh, there was not, they didn't have much moisture at all. Mm. Um, and then the particular unit we were hunting was way busier than we've ever seen it. Um, and I think everything combined, you know, full moon was in there. I just, it was one of those perfect storms where, you know, lots of pressure, heat, full moon. Uh, we did get an opportunity. Uh, we should have, you know, killed a, a bull and uh, my brother actually had an opportunity at a cow um, but it just they were very quick and fleeting it wasn't you know like your normal being able to, to call and stuff like that they were super call shy um, and it just didn't work out but uh, we 
put on, I don't know, we were averaging a little over eight miles a day in the time that we were out there and just couldn't seem to put it together. So. Yeah, but you, uh, you're in good shape now after that if you weren't before. Yeah, my wife was <laughs> commenting on how I seen, how I lost a bunch of weight and I'm like, I didn't have that much weight to lose. No, here. you don't. <laughs> so, uh, but no, we, we definitely put on the miles and, but there's still the opportunity here. I might be able to sneak out for like a long weekend or something with the gun. So. Uh huh. Oh, oh, you mean uh, your tag is still good? It's still good, yeah. The unit that we were hunting um, in Wyoming, they allow, uh, with the type that we have, which is a type 1 tag, they allow you to uh, bow hunt and or gun hunt on it, mm-hmm. or both if you don't shoot one during the bow. So. Wow. So we have another opportunity to be able to go out and, and possibly shoot one. Yeah, so. and you each have tags, right? Uh, we do. I don't know that my brother will make it out because mm-hmm. uh, he's coming all the way from the East Coast. But yeah. um, I'm going to try to sneak out at least and hopefully can get something to share with him. So. Yeah, well, I, I wish you luck on that, and I'm sure you'll keep us posted. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so if people, we've asked you this probably each time, if somebody has a problem with a bow, you can still turn it around in a couple days, right? Yeah, we've uh, we've still been pretty lucky that way. Um, for the most part, everything has been able to be done pretty quickly. Um, there are certain things, you know, if it's a catastrophic failure with it, um, you know, at least crossbows anyway, uh, some of those has taken a little bit longer to get some parts for. Uh, but for the most part, we're still able to get things pretty quickly. Um, I mean, two weeks is still about the furthest out that we've been, um, you know, in getting parts if needed. Uh, so things have still been able to be turned around relatively quickly. All right, good. And your range is open if people want to practice. Yeah, anytime we're open, the range is open. So six days a week, it's open, and uh, guys can stop in and practice before they go out, or you know, even if they haven't gone out yet, it's still not too late to keep get shooting. Yep. And your store hours now? Uh, we're open Monday through Friday, ten to six, and Saturday nine to five. All right. Well, thanks so much, and uh, good luck on your hunts. And we'll check in with you in a couple of weeks. Well, thanks, and uh, same to you and everybody else out there. All right. J.C. Chamberlain with Madison Outdoors, presented by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's leading Matthews and Mission Archery retailer. You find them on Highway 14 west of Arena, Wisconsin, and on the web at PappasTradingPost.com. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupie.com and all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa are open for business. Well, joining me once again from Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, how are you doing this week? I'm all right, Dan. I'm all right. Good. Now, did you get some bow hunting in or some kind of hunting in now that uh, your tournament season's over? No bow hunting, uh, but Robert and I decided to go out and do a little squirrel hunting together. Actually, we we set out we were going to jump shoot some ducks mm. and do some squirrel hunting, and uh, 
the duck thing just didn't pan out. We, we, we did not see any ducks the whole time we were at the farm. Uh, but, uh, we did see a whole mess of squirrels and, um, we took home a, a Wisconsin slam. So we, in, in one morning, we got a fox, a gray and a red. And, uh, I probably could have even had a chipmunk and a, uh, <laughs> And a nine line grind, ground squirrel as well, but, uh, um, but, uh, chose to pass on that. Yeah, cool. Well, I think there's also the 13 line ground squirrel. So for the complete slam, you'd have to have both of those. And, and a woodchuck or groundhog is a squirrel. So yeah. <laughs> well, we did actually see a woodchuck. One actually came out of one of the sheds. Ooh. Yeah, but nobody, nobody was ready for it, right? So nobody, nobody had a rifle in their hand. Oh, well. So it goes. How about fishing? Yeah, got a chance to spend about a half day on the water with a friend of mine, actually, uh, Thomas Trosty. He's, uh, um, my right hand man in the, during the tournament season. And, uh, but he's a fishing guide out here on Lake Petenwell and, and, uh, the Wisconsin River system and uh-huh. went out with him. Actually, he really had a great day, caught a number of, uh, legal walleyes and, um, short walleyes, some great crappies as well. Uh, but the big, the, the big uh, fish of the day was a 17-inch white bass. Wow. Yeah, just a big fish. A lot of fun to catch that. Neither one of us had seen a fish, hmm. uh, a white bass that big, uh, get into the uh, in the boat before. It's my personal best. And a lot of fun. Um, ran up and down the river, out on the lake a little bit, trying to figure out where these fish are. He was kind of using me to uh, uh, just be a placeholder in the boat so that he could go check some places mm-hmm. uh, that uh, he can get into for this transition of for fall and didn't have to waste time with a with a paying client in the boat. So it was it was a lot of fun and uh, probably not quite ready to put the boat away mm-hmm. yet. Cool. Now you fish or or you work with anglers who do fish the. Um, Missouri River and uh, lakes in the Dakotas and and Minnesota. How does our walleye fishing right there on the Wisconsin, right near your home, how does that compare with what you've experienced during the tournaments? It's it's good um, here in Wisconsin, but the Missouri River, I don't know if it's a matter of uh, bait or, or what it is, there are just, it's just, there's just so many more fish out there. You can go through fish after fish after fish. And I think in the Wisconsin, and not to say that there isn't, you know, bad days out on the Missouri River. I think it's just tougher in the Wisconsin because it's so segmented. Uh, whereas the Missouri, you just get large tracks that you can run and these fish can live. And, uh, whereas so many parts in the Wisconsin, you have lake fish and river mm-hmm. fish and there's transitions all the time and it's just different. Yeah, yeah. Well, a 17-inch white bass, that's nothing to sneeze at. I've seen them that big on Lake Winnebago, but boy, a river bass, that's a that's a real a real whopper. Any others? Uh we we did catch a number of other white bass, um uh but none of them nowhere near as close. They were all in that, you uh-huh. know, 10-11 inch range and yeah, yeah, that one was uh that was a giant and uh yeah, certainly the biggest one I've ever caught. Yeah, that was the granddaddy. Well, uh, last weekend, my son John and I fished the Treeland's Premier Musky Fly Fishing Championship. Uh, They're based out of Treeland Resort on the Chippewa Flowage, and we fished alone one day on a lake that I know pretty well and struck out. And then the second day, we teamed up with fellow world record holder Brad Bowen, and we're going to have him on the show here in a few minutes. Uh, John caught our only fish. It was a 36-incher on that day, and it got us uh, 10th place out of 35 teams. 
which isn't bad. And uh, I think 101 anglers registered 40 muskies in two days. The folks at Treelands put on a heck of a an event. I'll tell you, they do several tournaments over the year. And uh, Harold uh, uh, Treeland, who basically MCs the whole thing, he kind of plays Jeff Kelm at these uh, <laughs> at the at the um, awards banquet and everything. And his favorite line, which everybody knows, is because they they do. Uh, drawings for um, prizes and money and stuff is $50 in cold, hard cash. And everybody's, you know, repeating that. It's just hilarious. And his daughter Tatum does a great job of uh, putting the thing together. And they fed us well. We had uh, uh, New York strip cooked prime rib style the first night, which I have never experienced. I think they roast the whole sirloin and then they cut it afterwards. I mean, an inch and a half thick. Well, you know, rare uh, uh, New York strip. It's just outstanding. Well, uh, good food, three days, uh, good fun, a lot of guys. Um, and like I said, we were on the board, which uh, is one thing. Uh, winning is better, but, you know, we, at least we got on the board. Mm-hmm. And this weekend I am um, up in Florence. Actually, next week after this weekend, I'm going up to Florence County. To uh, join some folks, uh, John Motoviloff of the National Wild Turkey Federation, we've had him on the show a couple times, and uh, Ashley Peters of the Rough Grouse Society to shoot a rough grouse, woodcock, uh, rabbit and squirrel mixed bag small game (laughs) hunting video, uh, kind of in the learn to hunt mode, Um, and Ashley's going to be the uh, new hunter, Uh, we had her on the show recently too, so... That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Well, folks, coming up, retired DNR fisheries biologist Kurt Welke returns to tell us more about his recent 10-day float down the Mississippi from Lake City to actually from uh, Alma to Dubuque. And uh, Wisconsin guide Brad Bowen, as I mentioned, is going to talk about fall muskies on the Flambeau River and kind of give a post-mortem on our trip. And we'll kick things off with Remy Battery President Mike Miller, who's got some tips for cold weather battery maintenance. It's coming, folks. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the years. Thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. We invite you to our newly remodeled Milwaukee retail store on the corner of 43rd Street and Lincoln Avenue. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or the waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414 384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. 
Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. For 90 years, the family-owned Remy Battery Company has served customers in Milwaukee and more recently in Escanaba and Houghton in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Remy's Milwaukee store is located where Miller Parkway becomes 43rd Street at 43rd and Lincoln. And you can find Remy Battery online as well at remybattery.com. And joining us now for our monthly chat, once again, is Remy President Mike Miller. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us again. Hey, Dan. How you been doing? Ah, doing fine. I'm getting outside, which a lot of folks are doing. I hope you have been as well. I know you spend some time in the UP whenever you get a chance. As a matter of fact, I'm heading up uh, up to northern Wisconsin later uh, this week and spending a little time at the cabin. Wonderful. Okay. Well, you know, hunting season is here, um, and you've got a number of batteries and battery options that can really help hunters, and people may not be aware of the fact that you have that variety. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. You know, I mean, part of the reason for me to go up uh, to the cabin is kind of, prep things before the hunting season starts before I get my friends up there and you know uh, batteries is obviously on that short list of uh, things to prep other than uh, making sure that the refrigerator is stocked with beer of course <laughs> of course <laughs> so, one of the things that uh, you know as far as batteries go we get a lot of requests from from sportsmen and hunting is no different Obviously, ATVs this time of year becomes uh, a little bit of key. People getting in those last rides before the snow comes and seeing some of the fall colors. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of uh, hunters use their ATVs for uh, uh, deer hunting as well. And so, you know, this is a, a time where, you know, you're going to want to check uh, that ATV battery, make sure it's fully charged. The last thing you want to do is be out in the middle of the woods or off on a trail ride somewhere have that uh, die on you and uh so you know we definitely help to help you with that that's an obvious one but uh we also carry batteries for like for example duck decoys and uh, dog collars uh-huh. uh people people don't uh think about us once in a, you know very often for those sorts of things but uh if you look on our website we have a wide variety of uh batteries for uh that kind of stuff Deer feeders have been popular down south, and uh, we sell, you know, uh, batteries for deer feeders. 
and remote camps. Our Upper Michigan locations uh, do uh, remote camps and battery backup systems for remote camps mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. And uh, that's something that, uh, you know, this time of year we just see a lot of that starting to pop up. Uh-huh. Now, you mentioned duck decoys, and uh, we have had uh, Terry Denman, who is the inventor of Mojo decoys, believe it or not. We've had him on the show a couple times recently, and one of the things he talks about is, you know, replace those batteries when the duck spinning wing slows down. Um, and I've had issues, I'm sure a lot of other guys have. You know, how do you choose... What battery do you choose? I, I know that it's got to be a double A or a nine volt or whatever, but you know what battery is going to give me the la- the longest life? What type of battery? Well, we see you know with some of the decoys, uh, we see a lot of small field lead acid batteries go in those. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you know, as far as uh, battery life goes, obviously, you know, there's a, a capacity uh, rated with each battery. And the bigger the number, the longer the runtime is basically what it's going to pull down to. So you want to you want to double check that. Uh-huh. Um, I understand some of the other decoys uh, take other types of batteries, and you know we we try and fill those needs. Some of those are custom to the decoy manufacturers. But you know one thing that you always want to take a look at and consider is if you are out in the field, uh, is uh, being able to find a replacement battery that's going to be easily accessible. Uh, not only to replace, but then also pick up if you need to pick something up uh-huh. while you're out uh, on your trip. Uh-huh. Now, is it important, so let's say if I've got simple double A's, triple A's, to keep them in my pocket on a cold, in cold weather to keep them warm? Does that make any difference or not? Yeah, the operating temperature on, on, on the double A's and the triple A's on any alkaline battery is usually pretty good. Where you start to run into some challenges with operating temperature is with uh, a lot of the newer rechargeable lithium batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, lithium doesn't like to operate very well under 40 degrees Fahrenheit, and uh, you just re- lose a lot of capacity there. Uh, so you may not get as long a run time if you're out on a cold day and there's a lithium battery pack that you're using. Uh-huh. So we always, you know, in these climates, in these northern climates, we always caution customers about that. Uh-huh. All right. Well, speaking of cold weather, what should we be doing now to ensure that we have good battery life this winter in, I suppose, in vehicles or ATVs, snowmobiles, any equipment that's going to be used in the colder months? Yeah, Dan, I listen, I got back from an international battery conference out in San Diego uh, at the end of September, and uh, everything I heard, just like uh, many other industries out there, supply is going to be tight. And uh, if there is going to be any significant cold event in the country, uh, the manufacturers were definitely, the battery manufacturers were definitely cautioning and warning everybody that there would probably be some stock outages uh, on popular sizes and even non-popular sizes. So one of the things that we have always stressed is go in, get your battery tested before the weather comes. Um, I was talking to my local tire dealer the other day, and I had to get a new set of tires on, on my truck, and he basically said the same thing about his industry and his business uh, with everything that's going on out there, you know, by the first snowfall or, or sleety day when everybody starts thinking about replacing their tires. Uh, he, he's going to have the same kind of challenges that we are if there's a cold event that comes. Uh-huh. So our recommendation has always been to, you know, this time of year when the weather's still good, 
is to come in, have your battery tested. If your battery's uh, approaching that five to six year mark in your vehicle, you may want to just consider a preventative maintenance and just go ahead and replace that battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a replaceable part. It is recommended that you replace it, uh, uh, you know, every about three to six years, uh, depending on what climate you're in. And in our climate, in the northern climate, Wisconsin, Upper Peninsula, it's about five to six years that you recommend. Mm-hmm. You do hear old, you do hear some stories out there, just like good fishing stories or good hunting stories about how a guy got 10 years out of a battery, but <laughs> that's the exception and not the norm. Got right? it. Got it. Okay. Um, and um, your your Houghton and Escanaba stores can do that as well? Absolutely. Any one of our three locations, we will be glad to test. Uh, most vehicles we test for free, uh, and most vehicles we do installation for free as well. All right. Well, Mike, we got to let you go here, but thank you so much for uh, that good advice regarding battery maintenance and battery selection, and we'll talk to you again next month. Sounds fantastic, Dan. Good look. Uh, look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, and it might really be cold by then. <laughs> I'm not looking forward <laughs> to it, but thanks so much, and have a great uh, have a great trip up north. You too. Take care. Yeah, Mike Miller from Remy Battery. You can find them online at remybattery.com. They're also located at 43rd and Lincoln in Milwaukee, and there are stores in Houghton and Escanaba, Michigan, as well. You can find their address. On their website, RemyBattery.com. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at DanSmallOutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Joining me now from Muskie Central in Tony, Wisconsin, is a good friend and fellow Muskie fly fishing catch and release world record holder, guide Brad Bowen. Well, Brad, thanks for joining us. Hey, good to be here on my day off. Uh, Dan, I appreciate that. We just had some time on the water. We'll talk about that in a bit, but uh, it's always good to hear from you. Yeah, it, it was good to catch up with you last weekend at the Treeland's premiere. Boy, there's a mouthful for all of these things. What do they call it? The Muskie Fly Fishing Championship, and this was the sixth annual. And, in fact, uh, you and my son John uh, and I competed in, in that event. And uh, this was, boy, your old stomping ground in Hayward, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's based off the floors there at great Treelands Resort, and um, I was instrumental in getting that. That was the first fly fishing tournament in the country that um, originated. Uh, yeah, I think even seven years ago we had a, we had the first event, um, and then Treelands ended up taking it on. They have a great place there. I've seen you a couple times up there, but we got to get together and uh, fish that, at least for one day, with you and John. That was fun, and we, we got a fish on and uh, on the board. And ended up in tenth place with one fish, but if we, I think if we had two days, we might have been a little more competitive. Yeah, I think you're right, but um, we'll get back to that in in just a minute or so. But I want you to tell folks who may not know you, uh, how did you get into guiding? Uh, can you give us kind of a quick summary of your um, transition from uh, angler to guide? Yeah, 
well, it was a long time coming. You know, I always loved guides. Even as a little kid, I was lucky. My dad introduced me to some guides when I was younger, and um, I got to fish with some fishing guides as I was coming up. But I always knew that maybe that was what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, and in my 30s, I, I was told, don't start guiding until you're 30, you know. But I did a lot of family and friend work uh, through my 20s. Uh, and I had a regular job and was, I had a regular life, but the, my fishing passion got the most of me. Um, when I hit 30, I took out a guide's license, um, started guiding in the Driftless area. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I had a shop up in St. Paul that sent me clients, uh, and I taught some courses for them over in the Rush River where I had a camp for a while on the Rush River up in Pierce County. And I did a, several years of Driftless trout guiding, and then I started to merge my passion for musky fishing with fly fishing and I moved I moved north 20 years ago and began the pursuit of musky on the fly and I haven't looked back since then. Yeah and why fly fishing for muskies? Uh, that's a question a lot of people ask me so I'll put it to you. Uh, yeah well you could go a number of ways with that and I guess uh, maybe we're a masochist or something ah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But people gravitate. I, I'm a traditional bow hunter. I hunt um, with recurve bows, and I like to try to stalk white tails. So that you know, another almost feet. And um, there's, you know, you have some people get a get a passion for things that are very hard to do and require a lot of preparation and and um, and I found that was a natural outlet for what I like to do. And I met the kind of people I like to spend time with doing it. Um, and you know, musky fly fishing is tough. Musky fishing is tough. You know, it's, it's a it's a tough fish to catch anyway. And then when you add the fly fishing challenge, um, it's something that occupies me uh, all year round, even though I'm not fishing. Uh huh. And you um, you tie flies, you invent flies, or or design them. I guess one might say your uh, Buford is uh, probably world famous. Uh, it's in a couple of books, uh, including Rick Kustich's, uh um, recent book on uh, uh, hunting muskie with a fly, uh, along with my brother Mike's <clears throat> hog frog, which is also in that book. Um, and you, um, so so let's talk about our our outing. We spent a whole day on a stretch of the. Can I name the river without saying exactly where we were? Yeah, you sure can. It's like one of my favorite rivers. Yeah. We were on the North Fork of the Flambeau River, and there are many, many stretches. Uh, I have fished several of them before, but the first time, <clears throat> this was the first time for me on this one. Um, so talk about the water conditions and, uh, and what we were doing. Well, we were out in really low water conditions. You know, it, we, it was in October, which, uh, didn't feel like October. It felt like a summer day. We've had we've had a, a, a long kind of a long dry period. We we had enough rain to keep things decent up there in the Flambeau Forest this year. The whole state had a, a water deficit. The Flambeau was down significantly, um, and the water temperatures were high. We had like 65 degree temperatures in October. We haven't had a killer frost, so we're dealing with some challenging conditions. But the fish are there. They're starting to feel that urge to feed more so in the fall. Although the water still gave them, a, I think we have a lot of fish that we're still night feeding. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really gotten more. We haven't had the, the cold nights yet. Um, but we managed to we managed to score a pretty good fish on a tough day. You know, we, your your brother, or, um, your son got John got a a nice muskie in a fast rapid, right where I would expect him to be in the summertime. 
and he, he caught it right in the throat of a rapids uh, on a fly that was presented pretty aggressively, and uh, it was a cool catch. We just went through a lot of that during the day, and I was expecting to hopefully, you know, get a chance at a few more, but they were they were tough, and that was that's been the the mo of these fish in 2021 is that there's been a tough musky year, but you just you take you take the good with the bad. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, that fish was right in the rapids, um, which is where I would expect a trout or a smallmouth to to hold if uh, if it was feeding. And I guess that's the same with muskies. Well, at times, yeah, it, people find it surprising. But you have to remember that muskie evolved as a, a river fish more so than a lake fish, almost completely as a lake uh, a river fish mm-hmm. pre settled. And so that's in their DNA to be, and they travel and they, they're very hydrodynamically efficient and they use the, the, the big rapids as cover. Um, they're, they're primarily shifting over now and they're feeding on red horse suckers, which stage around the, the rapid areas, but there's still some other game fish that are in the mix with walleyes and smallmouth being around and, and, uh, and all, of course, all the bait fish and they, they those fish are still around those rapids, uh, seeking that. You know that that, that oxygenated water when we have uh, temperatures in the 60s and uh, the middle 60s. But once we start getting in the fall, later in the fall, when the temperatures start dropping into the 40s and even up to 30s, these fish are going to transition into the pools and um, and, and the quiet uh, pocket water on the side of um, you know what I would say would be sanctuary water. So going into the later in the fall, if I'm talking to you guys that are crazy enough to try musky fishing and fly fishing for muskies as we progress look for the quieter stiller deeper waters um and the side pockets and the side waters that are you know uh adjacent to deeper water and that's where you probably concentrate your hunt from this this point on on through the season which it looks like this year i think we can actually fish um they're they're, they're trying they're looking at an extended season up here even in the north if i'm not mistaken dan I think that I, we're allowed to fish through the end of the, the year this year. Um, instead of the end of um, November, I think we can continue catch and release musky fishing up till the 31st. Absolutely, as long as you can get on the water, and that's um, you know that that may be the limiting factor. Now, yeah, usually around here, it gets kind of it gets a little hard over here to get you know we can be chipping ice and things like that. But I've done that too. I've yeah, knocked, I've knocked I've knocked ice away from the landing to get to open water and done quite well. Well, and it used to be uh, we would take a break during the gun deer season and put out some tip-ups for walleyes. Uh, I know some guys who fish Nelson Lake just outside of Hayward uh, did that. I did it with friends. Uh, and you'd see guys oh, yeah. in guys in orange on the shore and guys still in their orange, you know, out on a bucket uh, trying for uh, for walleyes. Um, well, before we let you go, a couple questions for you. You have boated a lot of fish on occasion in one day. My brother Mike and I... Hooked 18 and boated 12, nothing huge, but, you know, uh, mid-20s to mid-30s, and that was exciting on one day. But you've had a better day or two, actually, haven't you? Well, number-wise, I have. Yeah, I mean, there's certain seasons where you can really get get on them. And, yeah, we had a couple of 17 boated fish days. That's, you know, again, not anything I would say what you, you know, talk about super giant fish. But, again, I'd like any fish on a fly, as musky on a fly is a, is a gore. So those are fun. Um, there's there's seasons where that's what the, you know, you, you get action and you get quite a few fish. And there's other seasons where you try to catch the big ones. And uh, 
I'm happy with anything. I, I literally, I, I think they're all good. Oh, oh, I, I, uh, I do too. And Mike and I had a ball that day. It was like crappie fishing. But then talking about big ones, you told me uh, a story about a crazy day where you and a friend each had a big one on at the same time. We caught a double, a musky, a giant musky double, and I caught what became, for a time being, the, the number one fly caught fish in the world at just, just under 52 inches. And my, my fishing partner that day, Derek, got a 47 and a half inch fish. We had them on, on simultaneously on, a, on the same cast. What a circus that was, but we ended up boating them both, and we got a pretty crazy picture, and we ended up, it was sunny, they were calling thunder and lightning on a clear day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to get two two world class fish like that on at, and boat them at the same time, that might be one of the best catches you can ever hope for. Yeah. Well, listen, I am looking forward to getting out with you again, and I know John wants to fish with you uh, yet this fall if you guys can put it together. And if I can't get up there again this fall, I'm looking forward to next year's Treelands Championship in October, uh, and hopefully we can fish again. Well, Dan, it's always a pleasure, and of course, when you get up uh, up north the eight, I'm just barely north the eight, but I'm, I squeak it in there in Tony, Wisconsin. You look me up, and uh, it's always good to say hi, and I'll see if I can connect with uh, John and maybe get him out a time or two yet. Uh, you be well, and be safe, hunt and fish hard, and to all you uh, musky people out there, you just keep casting. That's what you got to do. Absolutely. You bet. Well, Brad, thanks so much. We'll keep in touch. Goodbye. Yeah, Brad Bowen, a good friend and guide from Tony, Wisconsin, just north of Highway 8. And I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 39 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or CargoMax, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer's on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow Trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com.
Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Now, last week we had a very interesting conversation with retired Wisconsin DNR fisheries biologist Kurt Welke about his recent trip down the Mississippi River from Alma, Wisconsin to near Dubuque, Iowa. Nine days on the river, 182 miles altogether. And we kind of ran out of time, so Kurt is kind enough to join me again this week. Kurt, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Now, um, you were on the water uh, on the weekend of the 25th of September. That was the Minnesota duck season opener. Uh, did you encounter hunters? Did you hear a lot of shooting? What What was that like? We awoke uh, on that Saturday morning, you know, the reports of shotguns, and but it was a bluebird morning, uh, early rain, and it was not preceded by the weather that was pushed out. So uh, kind of predictably, that quote-unquote hunting was over just about as fast as it began. I mean, I think we heard a couple of volleys, and then it was done by probably an hour into the morning. By 7.30, it was done. Ah, okay. And, of course, you were off the water before uh, last weekend when the Wisconsin Southern opener happened, so you missed that action. But I uh, imagine you saw some guys getting ready to hunt. Yeah, uh, as we came back up out of Dubuque, uh, actually, um, whatever it was, the 30th, I guess, um, you know, every small town was like a parade of duck boats and Labrador retrievers and guys in camouflage who were stocking up to get into their favorite spots for the Wisconsin opener. Uh-huh. You know, I've hunted the Mississippi opener a couple times, not in recent years, but uh, I was on the Iowa side one year. Oh, gosh, it must have been... 15, 20 years ago, and it sounded like World War III. I mean, it was amazing, the the number of shots we heard. We didn't see that many ducks. Uh, we got a few. Well, Dan, from, from a non-hunter's perspective, for somebody who just enjoys the bounty of the Mississippi, right now, during our trip, um, the amount of migrating pelicans and cormorants, especially, plus, you know, great blue herons, egrets, little green herons, Water birds in general, not so much waterfowl, not so many mallards or, or teal, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's it's pretty impressive to, to come around the corner and look over and see 300 pelicans sitting. Uh, you know, in my experience as a young professional down there in the 80s, you never saw pelicans. Yeah, and now pelicans are just a you know part and parcel of life down there. They're gorgeous. Yeah, they're the big white ones. Yes. Yep. Black wing tips and. Uh, can't miss them. I mean, it, yeah. they're big birds. They are. They are. Yeah, I've seen them uh, a lot of places, including Horican Marsh and uh, uh, Lake Winnebago and, and other places. Well, you saw uh, interesting wa- uh, water birds. Uh, what other uh, wildlife, if any, did you see, or um, uh, what people did you run into? Well, here's two things. Um, you know, previously I worked with freshwater mussels down there. Um, Prairie du Chien was not so much a, a fishery for catfish when I was a fish manager. It was a place for the harvest of freshwater shellfish for the uh, culture pearl industry. So we made a couple of stops in Guttenberg, Iowa, and in Dubuque, and reconnected with some of my colleagues who are continuing. It's very uplifting, very rewarding to me. 
uh, continuing with some of the work that I was associated with back in the 90s in the propagation of some federally listed mussel species. So that was that was refreshing for me and, and, and very fulfilling. My, my circle kind of comes full turn and closes itself when I experience that. But in terms of other wildlife, on the riverbank in the morning, you go down and the sand will tell you a story, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's whether it's cranes or geese or beavers or muskrats or uh, mink. Um, my friend Jim was a little confused one morning. He says, Kurt, I want you to see these tracks. Well, um, hey, you know, you, there's only a short list of what it could be. It's not going to be an elephant for God's sake, you know. <laughs> yeah. But he, he saw something that was not within his wheelhouse. What it was was the drag of this year's probably snapping turtle. Oh. Uh, you know, maybe something about the size of an egg, and you can see a distinct kind of a shuffling, a rosette pattern left to right with this central line, which I assume was this tail or her tail sure. of an animal that was probably about the size of a hard-boiled egg. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's just refreshing to, to see and to you know, experience everything that the river can offer you. You just have to, the nice thing, Dan, is it puts you in a time frame that you can enjoy and get your head around it. You know, there are no telephones, there's no TVs, there's no commercials. It's time that you can just center yourself and, and it changes your perspective. And I think it's really, it's super low stress and I think it's super emotionally and mentally and physically healthy for you. Yeah, it sounds like it. Now, you, um, you had some fun with this. You flew the Jolly Roger and you had a, uh, a, a doll, a pirate, or a, a ship captain doll. Yeah, a pinata. My wife out of a ah. like pirate. Okay. Yeah, that's our bowsprit. Uh, that yeah. kind of announces our presence when we come into port. Yeah, and did you have any uh, close encounters with barges or bigger boats, other houseboats, or any any near mishaps? I mean, you made it safely. No, but... no. Uh, you know, the thing is, I have a marine radio, and mm-hmm. you you always can monitor. Uh, we try to talk to the downbound or upbound tows, and, you know, we always look at their stern. You know, you see Port of New Orleans, Port of uh, St. Louis, Port of fill-in-the-blank. But most of these fellows are southern operators, and they have a heck of a uh, accent. And, you know, I'd ask them, where are you fellows, where are you fellows from, where are you going, whatever. And, man, I get about every fourth word. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I just I just couldn't make heads or tails of most of it. The only issue that we ever had is around the big ports, Dubuque or La Crosse. There's a lot of very expensive cruiser boats. These mm-hmm. are something like you see in the uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack, you know. Yeah. And they put out a tremendous weight. Mm. A houseboat, a pontoon boat. You know, she, she doesn't she doesn't bob up and down really because she's heavy. So oftentimes, unless you get yourself oriented correctly, you can expect to get a little wave wash over the front from the displacement that the big boats put by. But you know, most of the time, it's just guys in fishing boats, or you yeah. see a lot of John boats, and people are just kind of very leisurely just enjoying the sun and the scenery. So yeah. it's not an issue at all. Cool. Now you mentioned uh, you, you called your boat she, which most sailors do. Do you have a name for your boat? Well, you know, initially when I built it, I, I thought I would name it the No Regrets because I had no regrets. Yeah, it was a, a great thing. But um, one of my friends uh, 
gave it a name, the, uh, uh, geez, Conestoga, which is a hybrid of a pontoon boat and a Conestoga wagon. Uh-huh. So we, now we call it now we call it the Panastoga. Yeah, I like that. Um, well, have you got advice for other people who might uh, want to do something like what you did? Um, certainly, if there's a ton of resources out there on the web, uh, Corp Engineers, Iowa DNR, Wisconsin DNR. And, you know, I, honestly, I make myself available. If somebody's interested in this, I mean, uh, whether it's through you or some other venue, uh, people are free to contact me. I'm, I'm a huge cheerleader, if you will, for this resource. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of who I am. Yeah. And if other people can enjoy it and get something positive out of it, by all means, please do. And, uh, uh it, it, it's, it's not rocket science. It's just a little bit of, basic camping skills, basic boating skills, and it's mostly, um, what did Albert, uh, not Albert Einstein, somebody, Thomas Edison say, it's mostly inspiration or perspiration. Yeah. It, it, you know, I think <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Well, have you got plans for another trip, a longer trip maybe? Well, you know, I was thinking originally we'd go to Keokuk, Iowa, which is 407 miles, but frankly, Dan, the upper river, because of all the federal land within the uh, upper Mississippi River Fish and Wildlife Refuge, is frankly the most scenic, the most user-friendly, and I think culturally, because of towns like Lansing and McGregor and uh, North Buena Vista, I, I think really I'm going to confine my running around to the area from the Lake of Pepin down to perhaps, well, maybe 50 or 60 miles south of, of Dubuque, maybe as far as Rock Island mm-hmm. or maybe Muscatine. Once you get below that, it becomes more of a industrial river. And I'm not necessarily wanting to see barge fleeting areas or levees. I want to see kingfishers and pelicans and those types of things. Got it. Well, wake, up to see, wake up to see fishing eagles is just really refreshing. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, before we let you go, uh, you're going to write about this, I'm sure. Well, definitely. I think it's my obligation, especially for the, the people that were kind enough to um, put some resources forward. I have a, a responsibility to report out, as it were. Yeah, <laughs> I want to committee get the paper, and we took a lot of photographs, and I think that will also help people in the future. If they want to kind of um, live vicariously through us, um, you know, Understanding and reading and seeing is is going to make it easier. Yeah, cool. Well, Kurt, if people get in touch with me and want to get a hold of you, I will definitely steer them your way. But thank you so much for sharing uh, uh, a part of your adventure over last week and this week. And uh, we will keep in touch. And hopefully, uh, if you do this again next year, we'll uh, we'll we'll go along for the ride at least vicariously. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. You bet. Kurt Welke is a retired Wisconsin DNR biologist who um, last month completed a nine-day trip down the Mississippi River from Alma, Wisconsin to Dubuque, Iowa. And uh, he's interested in letting other people know how to go about it. If you want to get in touch with him, you can reach him through me. Uh, just send me an email at dsoradio at gmail.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. 
If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 39 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or CargoMax, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer's on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 uh, West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And outside storage is available there if you're ready to put the boat up for the wintertime and everything you need to winterize your boat uh, is there as well, or you can bring it to them and they'll do it for you. You can give them a call and they'll take care of you. We're also brought to you by Remy Battery, family owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. Let's start something. RemyBattery.com and by Huntworth Gear, high tech camo wear at a price you can afford. HuntworthGear.com and by Flow International Utility and Recreational Trailers. Flow Trailers, where the rubble, rubber meets the road. FlowINTL.com. You know, I'm not quite ready to take my boat back to Cedar Lake Sales uh, for the winter, and for good, because what happens at the end of the year is I turn it in, and uh, if I get approval as uh, pro staff for Mercury and Crestliner again the next year, I get a new one. Um, but uh, I've got a little more fishing to do after that uh, exciting outing that John and I had up north. Uh, but, folks, if you missed an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch any show from the past several seasons at MilwaukeePBS.org. And we are in production with Deer Hunt Wisconsin 2021. And I learned this week that's going to air on the state network and on Milwaukee PBS on Thursday, the 11th of November, and Saturday, the 13th. Check your Local listings for time for dates. Uh, no dates. Those are the dates. Check for times. If you missed anything on the radio show, you can listen to us online all the time at lake-link.com. Get on there. 
Their uh, outdoor radio page has us. Uh, this show, past shows up to about a year. You can follow Dan on social media throughout the week at Dan Small Outdoors. Follow me at Hardwater Jeff. Well, theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. And hello, Jeff, you and I are getting a year older this week. Uh, I don't think it's because of my age that I'm slipping up here. But happy birthday to you and... Uh, Happy birthday to our guest this week, Kurt Welke. He's got a birthday this week as well. So I hope you have a yeah, great well, birthday. Yeah. Thank you, Dan, and happy birthday to you as well. Thank you. Well, folks, get outside this weekend and join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. To you.